wonderful friends, welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we're responding to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. Uh, This is the show uh, where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary. I'm minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church right here in Adelaide. And I'm also uh, your Drive Time host every Tuesday and Wednesday. It's so good uh, to be able to share with you uh, once again. And now, look, guys, we would love uh, to have you join with us. Now, look, if you've got a positive thought, if you've got a comment on one of our issues that we discuss, if you just simply want to say hello to us, you can do that by texting us uh, right here on our studio text number. It's 04888-80811. Now, that number again is 04888-80811. In fact, why not program it into your mobile phone? Uh, just put it under drive time uh, and then you can text us any thoughts that you've got at any time uh, in a really uh, simple a simple way we'd love to have uh, your comments or your feedback and just a little while as well that number's going to be used uh, for our giveaway of the week. Now, we want to apologise for those of you who may have requested that uh, particular giveaway yesterday uh, because we had some problems with our robot and uh, the uh, the request that came in yesterday, uh, for whatever reason, uh, didn't uh, come through to us. So we're going to get you, that has been corrected, so we're going to get you, if you did request our giveaway uh, yesterday, uh, please uh, request it again today and uh, on this occasion we're fairly sure that faithful will indeed be faithful. Uh, this week we're looking at the theme the church and creation in a post-biblical era. Uh, now yesterday Pastor Joseph Matichic and uh, Pastor Will Moala looked at the question does it matter whether I hold to biblical creation. Now this is a, this is a huge question. This is really impacting the entire Christian world. So much of the Christian world has moved away from the biblical standpoint of a short earth understanding of creation. Uh, today, uh, we're simply going to be asking, what is biblical creation. Let's define what that is, because what does the scripture say uh, when it speaks of creation? Uh, Tomorrow, I'm going to be leading the the Bible study, and Pastor Joseph Matichich is going to be here uh, hosting the program, and uh, I'm going to be looking at the, the subject, could God have created the earth by using the process of evolution. Now, this is a really significant, this is an important study. Uh, This is one that uh, will really challenge uh, the thinking, has really challenged the thinking of so many uh, people. Um, You'll want to be with us uh, when we do that study uh, tomorrow. Now, today... Our co-host is coming to us uh, live from uh, Perth in uh, West Oz, uh, Pastor Don Felberg. Now, Don recently retired as the Aboriginal Western District Regional Leader. Now, welcome to you again, Don. Uh, thank you, Pastor Gary. Happy to be with you once again. 
Oh, look, it is fantastic to to have you have you on board. I know that uh, the material that you you present is always uh, incredibly highly regarded. Uh, now, tell me, uh, over here in Adelaide at the present time, it is freezing cold. We've got uh, drizzling rain on and off. We've got uh, wind. We've got uh, temperatures of about eleven degrees. Uh, everyone's walking around inside, even rugged up. Um, what's it like in uh, in Perth at the moment? Well, it's a sunny 19 degrees today here in Perth. The sun has been shining all day, mind you. The nights have been a bit cool, down to about five or six. And uh, and so, yes, it's quite pleasant. It's uh, that Look, that's wonderful. That's wonderful news because what that means is that uh, here in Adelaide uh, in uh, in 24 hours, we will have something similar. Uh, and uh, always look, I always look towards Perth because it tells us what we're going to have the uh, have the next day. And of course, a day after that, uh, our mates over in Melbourne will uh, will pick up that uh, uh, that wonderful temperature as well. It's uh, first day of winter tomorrow, so uh, times are certainly uh, uh, the seasons are certainly moving on at uh, at yeah. this uh, at this point in time. Uh, but Don, yeah. it's wonderful to have you have you with us. Now, look, uh, let's come to our what's uh, what I call our World Watch uh, segment. Now. I did. I'd love to get your feedback on this particular issue, Don. I uh, uh, the the Christian headline site that I particularly appreciated uh, was featuring an article just in the last twenty four hours. It was entitled "A Former Muslim Woman Turns to Christ After Jesus Came to Her." In a vision. Now, let me read a little bit of this um, uh, this article with you. It was actually an interview that was held with the Christian Post, and um, this is uh, this is what the interview uh, interviewee um, uh, um, uh, shared. A former Muslim woman uh, detailed her conversion to Christianity after she had a vision of Jesus Christ, who told her, "Follow me." Uh, Nikita, uh, who moved to California from Tehran in Iran at an early age, explained that she became rebellious despite growing up in a strict Muslim household. At age seven, she began smoking cigarettes. By eighth grade, she was also drinking alcohol with the encouragement of her older, older sister. Uh, she also became interested in New Age teachings when she was in high school and began collecting uh, crystals. Uh, then in college, uh, Nikita uh, began struggling with suicidal thoughts and social anxiety, making it difficult for her to continue in her studies. This prompted her mother to suggest that she take a trip back to Iran. Um, Nikita did end up travelling to Iran. It was during this trip uh, that her life would change uh, forever. While in Iran, Nikita recalls that Jesus Christ came to her in a vision and encouraged her to follow him. And he looked at me, he communicated with me, he said, follow me. I couldn't audibly hear him say, follow me, but I know that's what he said. Nikita then took to Google to try to identify the man who she saw in the vision. And what she found was that the long, dark-haired man, man's drawing um, uh, matched the uh, pictures of Jesus on Google. 
And so I immediately started thinking, I have to become a Christian because I just saw Jesus, she said. Okay. Her next question was, what is Christianity? Upon returning to California, Nikita started attending a church with her boyfriend, a professing Christian. She was eventually baptized, after which she recalled everything just feeling so alive. She also shared that the Lord continued to speak to her the more she prayed. Now, Don, the thing... I'm really interested in this particular um, particular article uh, because one of the things that uh, really stands out to me is that here we've got a, a an Islamic um, a woman who has or living in America who's had a dream. Um, now she she saw a vision of Christ. Now you know, look, we read of visions. In the, in the Bible, you know, we sort of expect the Old Testament prophets, you know, the, uh, the New Testament apostles, you know, for them to have a, a dream or a vision is something that is almost commonplace. But it's something we don't hear a lot about in the contemporary world. Now look, do visions still, I mean, according to your understanding, you're a pastor, many years experience, do visions still occur in the contemporary world? They certainly do, Pastor Gary, and uh, I'm excited that God is still leading people um, to Jesus through this means. I've worked in a Muslim country uh, twice and uh, met up with uh, members of our church in this particular country. Uh, Many of them were former Muslims. And you know, Pastor Gary, the interesting thing I learned was that almost all of them had had a dream or a vision which led them to accept Jesus and to follow the Bible. Some had dreams of the Bible and were told this is the book that you need to follow. And I had the privilege of baptizing a number of people who had been led to Jesus through dreams. So, Pastor Gary, it certainly happens today. So, dreams and visions. I mean, because so many of our, you know, we live in a, an incredibly secular society here where you don't sort of come to expect uh, supernatural revelations to happen to, to individuals. But you're saying that in uh, in countries um, you know, like, like Iran, people becoming Christians from a Muslim background, dreams and visions are actually taking taking place tell me do you are you ever aware of that sort of thing happening in this country oh yes yes again with our i've worked with our aboriginal people as you mentioned for many years and many of them have had dreams which have led them to accept uh, various aspects of truth i think of a man there in jigalong uh, brian sampson Uh, had a dream about the second coming of Jesus. And he was told that uh, the end is coming. We need to get ready. We need to be ready. Jesus is coming. And he shared that and uh, with uh, his people, and it made a big impact on on a lot of the people there in in Jigalong and even further afield. So, yes, it's... uh, And as I've shared some of these stories, people have said, yes, in... In many of the third world countries, uh, dreams are a common occurrence in leading people to truth. And I think it's, I think it doesn't happen so much here in Australia because 
we're so sceptical. We've blocked off that channel of communication. And also, secondly, we have the Bible. Most of us are, are fairly literate and, uh, and we can read well. And so God doesn't need to give us a dream to tell us. He, he just needs to direct us to the Bible. Okay, so my next question was going to be, you know, I mean, should everybody expect to receive a, a vision or a dream? No, I don't think so. I don't think God will necessarily give you a dream if you've got the Bible in front of you and uh, you can see to read it and uh, and if you can hear a preacher or turn on FM Christian radio and so... You know, we have so many channels that God can work through. I mean, he can still send dreams, and he does from time yeah. to time yeah. for certain people. But, you know, we uh, there are other people who don't have so many means of communication, and so God still uses that method when he sees fit. Yeah. Well, I've got a wonderful story, uh, Pastor Gary. Please share some it, yeah. Years, some years ago, there was a... One of our pastors, one of our Adventist pastors in Africa, got a message from an Arab sheikh, and uh, he, he was invited to come and visit this man. And this was a country where we had no church members and uh, no churches, and our pastor initially was a little bit afraid. He thought, maybe this is a trap, and they might be just trying to lure him over there, and then they would get rid of him you know he'd, he'd heard of people disappearing before so he, he he initially dismissed the request but it played on his mind over the next few days and eventually he felt impressed he must go regardless ask the lord to protect him and he would go and so he got the permits to cross uh, a couple of borders and he eventually found this uh, Arab sheikh at his tent and um, he was welcomed. They uh, he, he got there towards evening and so they prepared a meal for him and there was general talk. And then the others uh, that were there, they went off and it was just the Arab sheikh and our pastor. And he said, I've got something I want to tell you, pastor. He said, a being in white has been appearing to me over the last 12 months. And he said, uh, the first time he came, he said to me, you need to believe the Bible. You need, this is my book, God said. This being in white said, this is God's book. You need to read it. And uh, then he came back a bit later and said, Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. Came back a bit later and said, I want to tell you that Jesus is coming back soon. You need to tell the people to get ready. The end is coming. Came back a bit later and said, the Ten Commandments have been given by God and God wants people to keep them mm. and to live by them. And and bit by, bit by bit, the angel had shared with him the, the major teachings of the Bible and then and then the Arab sheikh said, Pastor, he said, I believe all of what I have been shown by this being in white. He said, would you baptize me? I want to be baptized. I want to make a commitment to the Lord Jesus. 
well, the pastor, he was just overjoyed, you know, and uh, and so they got a 44-gallon drum, no rivers in this area, so they got a 44-gallon drum and filled it up with water, and there he baptised this man. And after he'd baptised him, the Arab sheikh said, I've got something else, pastor, I want to tell you. He said, I've been sharing this with my people here, and he said there are 300 others that would like to be baptized as well. Will you baptize them? Wow. Wow. So God is definitely working in in areas where the preacher can't go, where you can't take a Bible. Uh, God God has his ways and means of, of calling those that are honest in heart and that want to know what is truth oh don look that's just so that's just so powerful i mean uh, it's amazing that you know to, we, we serve a god who is not limited uh by uh our uh, our secular ways you know he's able to cut through uh in so many, so many different cultures. But Don, look, just just one one last question because we do need to move on. Look, as Bible believing Christians, you know, we, we would accept that there are two major spiritual forces at work in our world. Is there any way where we can identify? Because obviously, I mean, if we receive a, driven, a, a vision or a dream, it's so important uh, that we know that vision or dream has actually come from God. Is there any way where you can identify whether a vision or a dream is from God. I believe. I believe there is. I, I'd like to give you the counsel. I'll share with you the counsel that John Wesley. Now, John Wesley was the founder of the Methodist Church, and the Methodist Church was uh, one of three that joined together to become the Uniting Church. But John Wesley was a great preacher and a great student of the Word, and he made this statement. He said, Do not easily suppose dreams, voices, impressions, visions, or revelations to be from God. They may be from Him. They may be from nature. They may be from the devil. And then he said these important words, Try all things by the written Word, and let all bow down before it. And I thought, Pastor Gary, they are such wise words. Oh, that's... And so, so what the great John Wesley is doing here is directing people uh, to the Word of God. And in Isaiah 8.20, it says exactly what Wesley said here. Mm. To the law and to the testimony... If they do not speak according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. Now, you know, Pastor Gary, those words, law and testimony, you can paraphrase those really by saying to the Bible and to the Bible. That word law is Torah, referring to not just the Ten Commandments, but all of the instruction Mm. of God. And the word testimony is the word tutor or witness and so it's really to the bible and to the bible isaiah is saying if Mm. they speak not according to this word no light in them yeah 
how, how important is that that we're actually that you're actually sharing today, Don? Because uh, you know, continually, I'm so conscious that you know the word of God has slowly been put uh, very much uh, into the background uh, in the lives of so many individuals, and dare I say, in the uh, experience of so many churches. And yet, what you're saying yeah. to us is that even visions and dreams are actually there to be tested uh, yeah. by the word of God itself, and that's the counsel of John Wesley of all people. Yes, yes. And and Pastor Gary, many of our Aboriginal folk, as I mentioned, have dreams. And I quite often get them ringing me up, sharing with me their dream. And, and I say to them, if your dream is leading you closer to Jesus and closer to the Bible, then it's safe to listen to. Yeah. If it contradicts the Bible and the teaching of Jesus, then don't listen to it. It's not from God. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a that's a powerful uh, a powerful conclusion to this particular segment. Don, thank you so much. We'll come back to you in a minute for our to, to have a look at our Bible study for the day. This is a really important question we're going to be uh, looking at, uh, and today we're looking at what is uh, biblical creation. What does it actually look like? Uh, but before we uh, we come there, let's have some music. Let's go to the uh, uh, love this uh, particular song. This is Chris Rice. Uh, How great uh, thou thou art. Uh, please, please enjoy. Boy, how great thou art. scares can take it in that all 
gladly bearing He bled and died To take away my sin Then sings my soul My Savior God to Thee How great Thou art How great Thou art Then sings my soul to thee how great thou art how great thou art and when Christ shall come with shout of acclamation and take me home what joy shall fill my heart then I shall Chris Rice and the uh, song is How Great uh, Thou Art. Uh, love uh, that particular rendition. Uh, Chris does such a such a fantastic uh, job. Uh, it matches so much our theme for this week. We're looking at God's created world. Isn't it good? We serve a God uh, that created uh, all these things that we actually see uh, see around us. Now look folks, we do have a giveaway book. Now look, if you did request this book uh, yesterday, we're just going to ask that you do Please request it again because uh, those uh, uh, those requests did somehow go into the deep depths depths of uh, uh, of outer space. Uh, Faithful has been rebuked, uh, but uh, uh, the book for this week and uh, it's a real beauty. Uh, this is by Dwight Nelson. The book's entitled "Creation and Evolution: A Thoughtful Look at the Evidence That a Master Designer Created Our Planet." The debate is really heating up, and it really is right through the Christian world. Did a loving God create this? earth or are we the random product of millions of years of natural selection uh, is the bible teaching of a literal six-day creation viable given the create the the scientific evidence uh, that appears to point uh, towards evolution let's have a look at the at the evidence you can do that in this book prayerfully search uh, in your own heart and uh, I believe uh, that uh, that you'll be you'll be directed uh, to consider 
the world in which we live in a different light to that which is frequently presented in our big wide world. The book is entitled uh, Creation and Evolution, a thoughtful look at evidence that a master designer uh, created our planet. And uh, that's written by Dwight Nelson. You'll love this uh, this particular book. Now, if you'd like your own copy of uh, Creation and Evolution, a thoughtful look, it's only a short book, it's not a, not a long book, then all you need to do is to text us here at our studio text number. Uh, that number again is 04888 80811. 04888 80811. And just text us the code. SA48, SA48, no gap between the SA and the 48, and uh, uh, and our robot faithful. He's normally so faithful. He will get back to you, and he will uh, get the details that he needs to be able to get this book to you in the fastest possible way. And again, we do apologise for his um, his failure yesterday. Uh, there was some uh, human failures involved in uh, uh, in his failure. Uh, and uh, we do apologise for uh, for that. So if you did request the book yesterday, and we do have a number of people uh, requesting every day, SA48 to 04888-80811. That book is uh, uh, Evolution, uh, Creation and Evolution, A Thoughtful Look at the Evidence, and uh, you'll love this particular, uh, this particular book. Now, look, folks, if you've got any comments that you'd like to make as well uh, concerning our, our entire our program, the things which we're talking about, please feel free to text them through on that same number as well, 04888-80811. We'd like to be able to share uh, your thoughts uh, with those who uh, who hear us on uh, on Drive Time. And this is an ever-expanding audience, so please be assured. And right now, um, Donna, you're still, are you still with us at the moment? I'm still here. Yeah, you are. Well, look, look. I've just had a had a shout out. Uh, we actually received a text in here uh, in the studio, and it was actually directed to Pastor Don Felberg, and um, oh. uh, and this was uh, from from a lady, uh, Christina Burton, and she says, "Hello, Pastor Don Felberg. Do you remember me from Lake Angelico uh, as a oh. little girl?" Well, I do remember the Burton family there, and I think I know her mother, Roslyn. So hello, Christina. Uh, it, it's fantastic to have um, some uh, some old friends. I've got a few mates of mine that uh, that, that do listen to uh, uh, to Faith FM, and it's wonderful. Uh, uh, so, Christina, look, we really did a, a great big uh, shout out uh, to you. Fantastic to have you uh, listening uh, uh, listening to us, and uh, also listening to uh, uh, to Pastor Pastor Don. Uh, may uh, May God uh, richly richly bless you. Um, now, look, you are listening to Faith FM. Drive Time Big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary and today our co-host is actually live from Perth Perth, and that's Pastor Don Felberg and Don recently retired as the Aboriginal Western District Regional Leader um, now uh, this week we've been looking at the theme the church and creation in a post-biblical era now this is probably one of the most controversial subjects in the church today. Certainly many uh, churches, many church pastors have certainly adopted an evolutionary perspective. I'm certainly going to be sharing on this issue uh, tomorrow. You'll love uh, tomorrow's, uh, tomorrow's Bible study. Now, yesterday we did ask the question, does it matter whether I hold to biblical creation? Today, 
we're going to be asking what is biblical creation? What does the scriptures actually present? Uh, and this is so important that we have this uh, have this foundation. Uh, you know, Don, one of the things I'm conscious of is there are actually so many derivations on this particular theme. You know, there are some out there who will say that, you know, every day of creation is a, a thousand years. You know, uh, others say that each day must be an era. You know, all trying to get in uh, a longer than a 24-hour uh, period here. But look, once again, I, I believe, as I know that you do, it's so important that continually we go back to the Word of God in everything that we say and everything that we we believe. So, Don, look, what do the Scriptures actually say on, on, this, uh, on this subject? What is biblical creation according to the Scriptures? Yes, well, thank you, Pastor Gary. Yes, I believe the Scriptures are very, very clear on this subject. And um, I, I, as I think about this topic, I think about the Christmas message that was given by the astronauts on the Apollo 8 um, astronaut back in 1968 as they were, were, were orbiting the moon. And uh, they, they, they were invited to give a Christmas message as they were circling the moon. And this is what William Anders, one of those astronauts, said. He said, we are now approaching lunar sunrise. And for all the people back on Earth, the crew of Apollo 8 has a message we would like to send you. And you know what words he read? In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Wow. That's biblical creation. That's the very first word of words of the Bible. And then he wished everybody Merry Christmas. Mm. Isn't that amazing here? An astronaut, a trained scientist, was so impressed as he looked from moon to earth that he read those words from Scripture. Mm. I believe the record in Genesis chapter 1 is a historical record of of how God created this world. Some people say it's just nice fancy poetry, but when you look at the text of how it's written, it's clearly a historical record and helps us to know um, how long these days were. But first of all, if I can just give a quick summary of what's in Genesis 1. Yeah, that'd be great, Don. It says there that on the first day God created light. And then it's interesting, it says in verse 5, the evening and the morning were the first day. And then it tells us what happened next day. God created the firmament in the midst of the waters or what we would call the atmosphere or the Mm. air. Then it says the evening and the morning were the second day. Mm. And then it talks about the next day God divided the water from the uh, the waters uh, and and made dry land and so then there was ocean and water and dry land over the earth on the earth and uh, again and then later that same day God said let the earth bring forth grass and the herbs and the fruit trees and all the other trees and so on all the vegetation and then it says, the evening and the morning were the third day. Mm-hmm. And then on the fourth day, God created the sun, the moon, and the stars. And then he said, that's the evening and the morning were the fourth day. And then the fifth one, he said, 
And let the waters abound with an abundance of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the face of the firmament of the heavens. And so all of the sea creatures and the birds were created, and it says the evening and the morning were the fifth day. Mm. And then comes day number six, and God created the animals. Let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind, cattle and creeping thing and beast of the earth and so on. And then the crowning act of creation in verse 26, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish and over the birds and the cattle. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. And then it says the evening and the morning were the sixth day. So that's a quick summary mm-hmm. of of the historical record here. Now, you notice I've read each time there after each day, the evening and the morning were day one, day two, whatever. Yeah. An evening and a morning, Pastor Gary, makes up a 24-hour day. It's actually actually quite specific there, isn't it, Don? You know, I mean, evening and morning. It's, uh, you know, this is, this is really tightening down the definition of a day, if you like. It is. And the evening being the dark part of the day, the night, what we might say, and the morning being the light part of the day that we often refer to as daylight, you know? Mm. And so those two make a 24 hour day. Now, Something for those on on a bit more of a technical uh, uh, interest here. The word day is the Hebrew word yom. Mm -hmm. And whenever it has a number in front front of it, like first day, second day, third day, Mm -hmm. it always means a 24-hour day. Now, it it is true. The word day uh, can mean um, like the day of Adam, you know, Mm -hmm. the era of Adam. Mm -hmm. But when it's got a number in front of it, it's always a 24-hour day. That, that's actually that, that, that's actually really significant, uh, Don, because uh, that really uh, cuts out a lot of the discussion uh, that certainly I've heard bandied around around the place. I mean, uh, you know, there are certainly some who would suggest that you know the day is as a thousand years. Oh yes, well you know, there's one church, Pastor Gary, that I've got the book in my library here. They suggest that each day of creation was seven thousand years long mm-hmm. now as you read this record it's impossible for it to be 7,000 years long because let's think here which day was uh, the flowers and the vegetation created it was day number three mm-hmm. now the the uh, bees and the insects that pollinate flowers weren't created till day number six. Yeah. Now, how would the flowers have been pollinated? How would they have got on if each day was 7,000 years long or or even 1,000 years long? You see, it wouldn't work, would it? 
it becomes logically incomprehensible, doesn't it? Because, you know, I mean, it's just physically not possible for uh, what God is actually doing in the seven days of creation is actually creating a system. And, of course, a system uh, requires uh, reliance on everything that comes before and that which comes, comes after. That's so true. One thing is dependent on the other. And, and you know, if each, some people say, well, each day was, um, you know, as I said, a thousand years or seven thousand years long. Mm-hmm. If that was so, there's another problem. Mm-hmm. How would the plants that were created on day number three go with, with 500 years or three and a half thousand years of darkness? Yeah. And then, 500 years or three and a half thousand years of light and would the plant survive so again it it doesn't fit when you examine it yeah yeah and so it's very interesting pastor gary in in the ten commandments god wrote them of course with his own finger and the fourth commandment regarding the sabbath has um has an interesting thought on this topic of creation it says remember the sabbath day to keep it holy and then it says six days you shall labor and do all your work but Mm -hmm. the seventh day is the sabbath of the lord your god Mm -hmm. and then it says for in six days the lord made the heavens and the earth the sea and all that is in them and rested the seventh day Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath and so on. Mm. So here, when God wrote this with his own finger, he he didn't say in seven ages or seven eras I created the earth, but he says, or in six eras or six, you know, long periods of time, but it says in six days. And then the Sabbath was given on the seventh day as a memorial of God's creation. Mm. Mm. If they were long periods of time, well, then it wouldn't have any relevance. Yeah. So again, this six days, then the seventh, um, again, backs up the the historical record that they are literal. 24 hour days. Yeah, yeah. And of course, this takes us, you know, right into, uh, you know, if we take the, the Bible just as it stands. And, you know, Don, I, you know, like you, I believe it's just so important to take the Word of God just as it stands without a lot of uh, interpretive gymnastics uh, taking, taking place. And, uh, yeah. you know, once we come into the, the Word of God, as far as creation is concerned, we find a, a God who talks talks about a, 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 a creation that occurred over a short period of time, certainly, yeah. and only some thousands of, uh, of years ago, as opposed to millions of, uh, of years ago, as is uh, yeah. suggested in the contemporary world. But look, let's just go, go to a little bit of a break. Uh, let's come to uh, uh, Lisa Cochran. Uh, she's, uh, she's singing, uh, uh, God leads us along, uh, along, and his eye is on the sparrow. A uh, beautiful, a uh, beautiful song. Please, please enjoy. Sure. 
another beautiful picture that really does paint. I love that uh, that picture. That was Lisa Cochran, uh, our God, uh, leads us along with his eyes on the sparrow. Love uh, all that that uh, song does actually share. Uh, do you know, it is actually so true. Our God, uh, his eye is on the sparrow but it's also on us as well. Now, what a what a status that that actually gives uh, to us. I, I love what uh, uh, what uh, First John, the, the letter of Little John, as I as I call it. You know, beloved. Now we're the sons of God, but it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when He does appear, we will see Him as He is. You know, I love that. We are called to be sons and daughters of the Most High God. Uh, you know, we didn't come out of uh, thousand years of uh, thousands of years of uh, of. Super- and slime, uh, but rather, according to the scriptures, uh, God created the earth in uh, in seven days. That makes us children of God, uh, as opposed uh, uh, to children of the mud. Uh, I, I I love uh, this um, the picture that the scriptures uh, do actually uh, paint uh, for us. Now, folks, we do have our giveaway book uh, today. Our giveaway book is uh, Creation and Evolution. This is by uh, Dwight. Uh, uh, Dwight Nelson. Now, uh, he's put together some, uh, some wonderful, uh, material. It's simply a thoughtful look at the, uh, evidence that a master designer created our planet. It's simply entitled Creation and Evolution, a short book. Look, guys, this is a book that you may want to, uh, share with somebody that you love. Uh, maybe, uh, one of your, uh, one of your children, uh, that, uh, uh that maybe is in early high school, uh, early, uh, teenage years, uh, they're asking questions about creation and evolution. This book uh, is worth uh, reading uh, during your uh, devotional time, uh, during your family worship time. Uh, it's uh, it's really uh, that uh, that good. Now, look, if you'd like a copy of Creation and Evolution by Dwight Nelson, all you need to do is to text us uh, here at our studio text number. That uh, that number is oh four triple eight eight oh eight eleven oh four triple eight. 80811 and all you need to do is to uh, send us the code just uh, code us SA48 uh, is all you need to uh, need to, to, to say uh, no gaps between that SA48 and our friend Faithful he's a robot uh, when we tell him what to uh, uh, what to do he's incredibly faithful and he'll ask you a few questions uh, so that we can get this book to you in the fastest uh, way way possible uh, now you are listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary. And today our co-host is alive from Perth, and that's uh, Pastor Don Felberg. And uh, Don recently retired as the Aboriginal Western District Regional Leader. And today we're asking that really big question, what is biblical creation? We need to define this. And tomorrow... I'm going to be leading the Bible study and I'll be responding to the question, could God have created the earth by using the process of evolution? There are so many Christians who have even adopted this particular view. We need to respond to it. That's what we're going to be talking about uh, tomorrow. Um, now, uh, Don, really appreciate everything that you've actually been been sharing. Now, look, we've got about um, uh, five or six, uh, six minutes. Can you just bring it, uh, bring it all together for us? Yes, uh, thank you, Pastor Gary. We've been talking about the fact that God created the heavens and the earth. That's the record of Scripture there, Genesis 1, verse 1. And in Psalm 33 and verse 9, it says, God spoke and it was done. You know, 
It concerns me that there are many Bible-believing Christians who say, well, yes, I love the Bible, and I believe the Bible, but those first 11 chapters of Genesis and those first two that talk about creation, oh, you know, they're not, you can't really believe those. I, You know, you could tear them out of your Bible, it wouldn't matter, you know, but I believe the rest of it. <laughs> You know, Pastor Gary, I have a, 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 a problem with that because as I read through the rest of the Bible, creation is all the way through the Bible. Mm. For example, Psalm 146 and verse 6 says, God made heaven and earth. He created uh, the sea and everything else. Mm. Ecclesiastes 12.1, remember now your creator in the days of your youth. I think of what Jesus said, uh, Mark ten six. But in the beginning, at the time of creation, God made them male and female, as the Scripture says. Yeah. So Jesus actually believed it. The Apostle Paul, and most people admire the Apostle Paul. Acts seventeen verse twenty four. God made the world and everything in it. Mm. Revelation fourteen verse seven. Alas, call the planet Earth says. Worship him who made heaven and earth and Worship the sea the waters. Hmm. So, Pastor Gary, if you're going to tear out Genesis chapters 1 and 2, well, you're going to have to tear out quite a few other pages all through your Bible if you're going to be consistent. That's true. That's you know, true. Creation is all the way through, and it's a literal creation where God created this world in in six literal 24-hour days. Mm. And so, you know, I believe, I've, uh, you know, Pastor Gary, when I went to matriculation college, there was about 800 students there, and most of them, many of them were unbelievers. Mm. And they used to mock me for believing in creation. They used to think I've got all the faith and I've got all the facts because they believe in evolution. And I said to them, hey, listen, I said, I haven't got enough faith to believe in evolution. Mm. I said, my faith's only strong enough to believe in in, in creation. Yeah. I yeah. said, it's far more reasonable that a powerful God that the Bible presents created this world. That's That takes a lot less faith than to believe that there was nothing and it all just happened by chance. Yeah. All the beauty and the complexity of this world. I said, I haven't got enough faith to believe that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's a good answer, actually, Don. I'm conscious of that uh, because I know that uh, you know I've I've spent some time um, doing doing some study into the uh, uh, into this issue of uh, uh, you know the created world, the uh, you know and and the theory of evolution. And you know, to me, the thing that I'm so conscious of is that so often a person's presuppositions are what dictate their conclusion. And people would say, well, that would be true for you, and that would be very true too, because I'm prepared to accept that there is an almighty God. Uh, but you know, yeah. the very moment that you accept a presupposition that uh, that says there is no God, and then suddenly, mm. suddenly you're left with a huge hole uh, in the whole uh, in the whole picture, and you have to explain everything that comes after uh, without a God being involved, which of course uh, you don't yeah. have much choice but to run the evolutionary viewpoint. Uh, I, I've suggested to, to a lot of people, I've said, look, to me, it's actually your presuppositions which are dictating your conclusion. Conclusion, and yeah, uh, uh, right. in a, yeah. Uh, but Don, uh, look, um, I'm, I'm simple enough, Gary, to believe that God meant what He said. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I think that ultimately that's where we have to actually, actually come from to take the word of God as it reads. You know, to me, I'm, you know, I suppose, Don, I see myself as I'm a little bit of a simpleton. Um, to me, when there is a supernatural God that has, um, has said, look, I have revealed what's happened in the past. I've given supernatural prophecy about what's going to happen in the future. And those events have actually taken place. I look at this and say, hey, well, look, you know, there there is evidence there that seems to stack up, that seems to say, hey, there is a supernatural God. He does actually exist. And the very moment I say the supernatural God exists, well, it's not a very big step to say, well, a supernatural God could actually be a creator. Absolutely. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Don, look, I'm really conscious we do have to come to uh, uh, to finish uh, uh, right now. But look, I'm just as before we finish, I'm just wondering how would you feel about uh, about praying uh, for uh, for our listeners, uh, for those who may be struggling uh, with uh, with some issue at the present time. Uh, would you pray for us? Sure, loving heavenly Father, we thank you that we've been able to be together this afternoon. Uh, Pastor Gary and the listeners and myself and we've been talking about a very important topic of how we got here and we're so thankful for the good news that a powerful God made us. We're not just objects of chance and uh, Lord because you made us then we know that you have a wonderful future for us and it makes sense of life in between. I just pray for each listener, Lord. There may be some who are struggling with this topic. I just pray that you'll help them honestly to weigh up the evidence, to study into it and, and, to, and to look at the evidence. And Lord, I pray that they might find a peace and a joy in accepting the good news that God created the heavens and the earth. And so bless each one of us today, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much uh, for that, Don. Well, folks, it does look like our time's up for today. Thank you so much for joining uh, Pastor Gary and Pastor Don Felberg on Drive Time Big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow when I'll be leading the Bible study with uh, Pastor, Pastor Joseph Matichich in the uh, here in the chair. Uh, we'll be looking at the subject, Could God Have Created the World by Using Evolution. Now, look, folks, this is a really important subject. There are entire churches have moved and adopted this particular view. Uh, we're going to be uh, discussing this issue. This issue. Uh, we're going to be showing uh, why uh, this uh, this view just has so many poles, so many problems connected with it. Uh, we really look forward to seeing you then. But until then, please remember, Christ said, "I'm leaving you with a gift: peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give." isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. 